you have a copy of God's Word, turn to uh, Matthew chapter 6 this morning. Matthew chapter 6. I am going to read for us the first 18 verses of Matthew chapter 6. And we are going to look at right living part 1. Right living part 1. Now if I say part 1, that means there is a and y'all are awake this morning. At least there's a part two. We're hoping there's at least a part two so I can get through and state what I said earlier that I can get to a later passage in this chapter. But next week, Lord willing, we will look at part two. But here is part one of right living. So as I read the first 18 verses of Matthew chapter 6, Start to think about, what in the world is he talking about, about right living? I think you'll see it pretty clear. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1 and following states, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, Sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, they, um, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. Verse 3, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you that they receive their reward. But you, when, when you pray, go into your room. Shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, Anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. May God honor the reading of His 
word. This morning as we look at right living, my goal is to share with you two aspects of right living. It's for us to see these two aspects of right living and the motivations that are behind them. Right living. Right there in verse number 1, he states this, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. That is the statement and that is the purpose, the reason that I titled this Right Living. Practicing your righteousness. So the two aspects, the first is this, an alert The first aspect is this. There is an alert given for you and me to be alert, so to speak, to the motives of your actions. Look with me at these three examples that Jesus gives in the Sermon on the Mount in chapter 6. He gives these examples. He speaks of those who are giving money, giving alms to the needy, meeting needs, Then he speaks of prayer, and then finally he speaks of fasting. And all three of these he uses to get across how you and I ought to live. How how your Monday should be, and your Thursday, and your Wednesdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and all the other days that ends in Y. How you should be living and how I should be living. Every moment of those days, every hour of those days, he's like... Folks on the, on the mountainside, on the hillside in Galilee, here's how you ought to live. And here are some present day, first century day, examples of how they were to be living out their righteousness. There's a warning. Let me read for us these warnings. In verses 1 and 2, it's a warning about how you give an offering or how you give in helping the needy. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, don't sound a trumpet. Who walks around with a trumpet? Maybe they did then. I don't know. It's 2,000 years ago. Do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets. I guess some of them did. They were sounding the trumpet before them and showing, bringing focus to themselves about their giving. And he said, don't do that, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. Second example, praying. When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogue and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. You And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. 
Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Finally, fasting. Look at this example that He gives. This warning. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. Who wants to be in that group, the hypocrites? I mean, there's three terrible statements about this group of people. Don't look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward with each of these actions, with giving to the needy, with praying, and with fasting. With each one of these actions, Jesus gives a warning. It's like a label on a package. It's a way for you and a way for me to understand and know that a particular something is a possibility and it is right there inside this package. This past week, I sent back a package to a company, a company that I buy way too many things from. It's called Amazon, but I sent a package back to this place and the instructions for me to send back to them was make sure that you put on the box that there is some type of battery in here. And they gave me the sheet of paper and said, put it on the box. Why? So they would know, hey, there's something in here that might explode. It could. If everything is right, it could explode. So make sure you label it and they know. Okay, put that on. Jesus is saying, hey, when you give to the needy, when you pray, When you fast, here's the warning, here's the label. Make sure that you understand this could happen if you do it for the wrong reason. In giving the warnings, Jesus used present-day examples of those in the audience in Galilee that day that they would know about and that they would see on a regular basis. As he spoke of a hypocrite who was there giving and sounding a trumpet, who was there standing on a street corner, who was there in the synagogue standing up and drawing attention to himself, who was looking gloomy, who had not... The way I picture it is somebody walking around like bedhead. You know, I mean, you just know something. Whew, they had a rough morning. Drawing attention to themselves. When when you are giving, when you are praying, and when you are fasting, Jesus says, here's the warning. Do not draw attention to yourself. And the examples that he gave, they understood. What might some of those examples be today? I wrote a couple down. In giving money. Today, it might be like having a bumper sticker on your car bumper that reads, I gave $100, I gave $1,000 to the Boys and Girls Club or to the IMB Christmas offering. Just a side note for a second. If you're here and you have a bumper sticker that states, you support law enforcement, Come up to me afterwards and tell me if that helped you get out of a ticket. I'm just asking for a friend. Okay? Asking for a friend. You and I see bumper stickers every day. 
I mean, I mean, we see them. Some of them are crazy. Some of them are off the wall. But, but it's like going around with your car and on the back of your bumper stating, hey, I gave $1,000 to this nonprofit or to this ministry. Jesus is like, don't do that. Don't do that. Because if that's what you are giving it for, when somebody sees that bumper sticker, you got your reward. You're not getting a reward from the Father who is in heaven. The example of prayers. The position is stated here that standing in front of everybody, standing on the street corner, is making making a huge to-do. Maybe it's the example for today, for us to understand it might be that you make an Instagram live, excuse me, an Instagram story or a Facebook live post, or that even of a Snapchat and a streak that is continuing to go on. And it's all about the prayer or your prayer life. And if that is the case, Jesus puts the warning out for you and for me alike. Don't pray like that. Don't pray like that. Don't draw attention to yourself in your giving. Don't draw attention to yourself in your prayers. And then he gives this example of that of fasting. And it is something that you and I more than likely are not going to partake of today. The discipline of fasting because we have a church meal. Let me just preface what I'm about to say. Because I know some of you are going to come up and you're going to say, how in the world could you say that about your wife? I didn't ask her if I could say this. I'm telling you a true story. But there is nothing negative that happened toward her. It is nothing negative that happened toward my son. Nothing negative. I didn't even bring up Mary Morgan. Nothing negative that happened toward Mary Morgan. But when I have fasted in the past, we've had a conversation. And the conversation went something like this. And I quote, Paige, I hate it when you fast. End quote. Me, why? Page, don't you love it when your wife is just spot on truthful? Because your attitude's terrible. (laughs) Do what? Your attitude when you fast is terrible. It continues. My statement in that conversation was, oh, no, I don't. She said, oh, yes, you do. I said, while my stomach is growling and my face might be twitching at this conversation, a hypothetical conversation that really, really happened. I don't know what in the world you're talking about, sweetheart. Nathan walks in as this conversation goes. Nathan is the most even kill person at 34 Tanner Cove, okay? He walks into the middle of this conversation one day, and as he says, oh no, dad... You're really fasting and leaves. (laughs) Me, what are you talking about? I'm just trying to get close to Jesus and you are all after me. (laughs) So today when I fast, a couple things happen. I'm I'm honest, a couple things happen. Sometimes when I fast, I go away. I go away. A lot of times when I fast is when the rest of the family has gone away from 34 Tanner Cove. Why? I mean, if I'm honest, if I'm honest, 
If I'm fasting and it's deterring the rest of the people who live at 34 Tanner Co. to question, really? You have that attitude? That's what's portraying when you are trying to get closer to God? Then I don't want to go there. Then I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And it doesn't matter if I've skipped one meal or 14 meals. I am not closer to the Father. So when I fast, I make a concerted effort. Concerted effort. And a part of my prayer time leading into it and in the midst of fasting is that my attitude toward those around me at the office, in the house, will be one that does not reflect bad on my Savior. Jesus' argument is that others should not notice or be turned off or their focus should not be drawn to someone other than Him in your giving, in your prayer, in your fasting, in your right living River Bend, do not do that. That is the warning. So what's the action? Well, check your motives as to why you are doing something. Allow others to be real with you even when it hurts. A great reason, I believe this is a great reason for you and for me to have two or three people, three or four people who you are accountable to so that they might spur you on to good works as the author of Hebrews states in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Sure, Jesus warns about the motive behind the right living, but he also expects from you and from me, a second aspect of right living. Not just the warning about the motives behind it, but right living is expected from the believer every single day. So next week, next week, Lord willing, we are going to look at giving, we are going to look at prayer, and we are going to look at fasting. Break them apart talk about them, but this morning I want you to see that it's expected. Your right living is expected in these multiple areas. If you were to look back, I'm not going to read them for us again. I've already read them twice, but if you were to look back in verses 1 and 2, if you were to look in verse 5 and 7 and then verse 16, you would see every single one of those times when he introduces One of these areas of right living, he says, when you do this, and he fills in the blank with giving, he fills in the blank with prayer, he fills in the blank with fasting. When you do it, it speaks of an expectation that he has for every single believer. Not if you do it, not not if you want to do it, but when this comes about, it is a certainty that this is going to come about. You are to be giving. You are to be praying. You are to be fasting. And when you do it, here's the way that you should do it. So in every aspect of your life, spiritually speaking, sir, every aspect of your life, ma'am, spiritually As you are living that out, there are some things that need to be about those items every single day. 
Jesus was not trying to get people to stop giving gifts. He wasn't trying to get people to stop praying. He wasn't trying to get people to stop fasting. No. He was trying to put some parameters around it so that when they did those things, and they were supposed to, and you and I are supposed to, we would be doing those things right. Let's close it this morning with some action steps. When you look at the aspect of giving in those verses, you and I are told, we are given this example of when you give, give this way. So that your right hand doesn't know what your left hand is doing, or your left hand doesn't know what your right hand is doing. When you give that offering, give when you give to those people that you know are struggling this month because their car's in the shop, their AC has gone out at the house, as well as their kid has spent five nights in the hospital, so they have to, have to take off and they hadn't been paid for it. Give. Help meet those needs. That, that's why you're here. That's why I'm here. For us to do that, to come alongside those people and to help out. So give. When you pray, pray earnestly. Take things to God. Things, things like a husband who won't lead or a job opportunity, physical help, spiritual help. Pray for your family. Pray for your family that, that hasn't even been born yet. When you fast. Don't act like your pastor has in the past. But take a single meal this week coming up. Don't eat. A single meal this week. Don't eat. You can't call it just not eating, meaning you're going on a diet. Fasting is not dieting. So don't eat a meal this week, but instead of eating a physical meal this week, which takes 20 or 30 minutes, spend that time in God's Word, feasting on it with Him. If you're taking notes and you would like some passages to maybe feast on this week, that meal that you are seeking Him, Exodus chapter 34, verses 1-7. through Hebrews chapter 1, 2, or 3, in all three of those chapters, the, uh, the author of Hebrews speaks that Jesus is greater. He's greater than the angels. He's greater than the law. He's greater than Moses. And gives example after example of Him being greater. Revelation chapter 1, John chapter 13, chapter 14, chapter 15, for that matter, all the chapters in John. Romans chapter 4 through 8. 1 John chapters 1 through 5. If you are seeking Him in this moment or in this meal, you're feasting on Him. Just spend some time with Him. You and I need to practice our righteousness. You and I need to live right. It is expected of you as a son or a daughter of the King. It is expected of, of us to live rightly. So as we close, think about your right living. Are you living right? 
this past week, did you live right? If not, start right now. If not, make that decision right now that you will live right from this point forward. You can't change last week, but from this point forward, make that decision. And make that decision and begin to live for the right motives. Not for those around you to see or to pat you on the back, but live right so that you might obey the Father. Practice this righteousness today living right so that you might grow closer to Him. And a third reason, finally, stay. Stay in the fight. There's a battle raging at your workplace, sir. There's a battle raging in this community right now. There's a battle that you're about to walk into this week at school. Stay in the fight. Don't just do this today and then go drift down the river for the rest of the week. Jesus preached this to these people. He's preaching it to you and me this morning. So that our lives might change for the better. So that you and I might obey. We might live differently this week. The examples were given for present day Galilee. Similar examples are given today for you, for me who live in 2018. Sir, you know if you're living right. Ma'am, we know if we're living right. We know if we're not living right. We hate it when we're found to be wrong. Hate it. If we're honest. But Jesus digs down deep to the root, to the heart of me and to the heart of us and says, hey, live right. I have the very best for you. Heavenly Father, trying to understand this passage, trying to understand And apply giving to the needy, praying and fasting, aspects of of right living. Father, would you drive that deep in us this morning? I know that in a moment we are about to stand up and, and leave from this room. God, You have called us to live and practice righteousness in in front of everyone that we live in front of. Not to draw attention to us. God, may I not do something to draw attention to me. May I live pointing people to You and lifting their thoughts and their view of You up, not down. In giving to the needs that are around me. Father, in in prayer and in fasting. 
Thank you for today. God, continue to speak. Continue to draw us close to you. Father, I pray that you would make it clear that there would be be multiple, but Father, there would be one, especially one thing that you are writing on our hearts to draw us closer to you today. May we respond to that even now for your name and for your glory. Church, if you would, please stand and join us. It's a time of response, an opportunity for you to obey. Maybe it's right here at the front. Maybe it's come talk with me. If you don't know Jesus, let me introduce him to you. He loves you, died for you. But stand and respond as we sing.